Hello, my name is Dontan from Byron. We're bringing you a brand new podcast, Reimagined Property. We know property is a bit complicated, there's lots of complexities, but our intention with this podcast is to simplify how property is done and it's left for you to follow us, join us every week as we do this. We're going to bring in experts from all areas of the industry to talk through different topics every week. And I can bet you this is the place you want to be. Whether you're a first home buyer, a second home buyer, or you just want to buy that dream home, or you want to invest in property, this is the place to be. Join us every week as we unpack and peel the layers of property for you to see how to go. Remember, it is always better to jump into the property industry in a position of knowledge. And I can bet you, you get that knowledge here. Today. I'm very good indeed. Thank you, Dunstan. Very good indeed. We're very happy to invite you to the very first episode of this new podcast, Reimagine Property. And um, it's a pleasure to know, be here. I'm honoured. I'm honoured to be your first guest, Dunstan. The, the current property market has been crazy. You know, um, we thought by now things will slow down, but we don't. We're not really sure what's going on. You know, so. I just felt you'd be the very first person to come on this show to talk to people, to let them know what's going on from your next More than happy to do so. All right. So what do you expect? The current property market as it's going right now, you know, in the short to medium term and then long term, you know, because lots of people from investors, people who are first on buyers, they're a bit confused. They're not sure exactly what they should do, you know. Some are just getting in, you know, they don't really care, just, you know, get in. Uh, but some are still wary. They're not sure what's happening. Some have been waiting for one year. It's 18 months of the pandemic, and it looks like nothing is going to change. You know? mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts? So, uh, I mean, one way that we can look at forecasting the future is to go back to the past. There's no guarantee that it will repeat itself, but if you can work out what caused certain events in the past and if similar events happen in the future, then maybe you might get a similar outcome. Maybe. So... I've actually done some uh, research, Dunstan, on what's happened to property prices during uh, previous economic hits. Um, so, if if I so I've gone back to the 1970s recession, 1980s, 1990s, the global financial crisis, and then of course we've got the the after effects of COVID-19. But you know we haven't we haven't finished with those after effects because the property market continues to go up. Many people uh, thought that property prices would go backwards, whether it was yes. whether it was the pandemic, whether it was the GFC or the recessions. But the research that I did showed that was not the case. So if, if uh, the listeners can indulge me just for about five minutes, I'll go through what's happened in the past. Um, So if we look at the 1970s recession, which happened during 1973 to 1975, so what I did is looked at the uh, time that the recession was on and for the five years afterwards. And interestingly, Dunstan, in the 1970s recession, property prices never went backwards during the recession, nor did they go backwards in any any 12-month period for five years after the recession. 
So during the recession and after the recession, property prices went up. And obviously, some things were not that positive, like unemployment went up, which was not good, for example. But so far as property prices are concerned, Australian residential property prices are very resilient because Australian residential property, for most people, is not an investment. For most people, it's a home. So that there are other factors that come into play rather than things like potential capital growth, uh, rental return, things like that. They're more interested in how many bedrooms, is it close to my kid's school, and is it close to my extended family? If we have a look at the 1980s recession, and again, I'm looking at every capital city. So out of so we're looking at seven years, right? Two years of the recession plus five years afterwards for all the capital cities, and there was only two time periods. If we multiply 12 by 7, that's 84 different possibilities. For 82 of them, property prices went up, except in Perth they dropped by 1.7% in 1984, and in Canberra they dropped by 1.2% in 1987. Sorry, say that again, Dunstan? Yeah, 82 out of 84. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it shows Australian residential property prices are resilient. Commercial property is a different story, but here we're just talking about office property. Then I go to the 1990s recession, which probably more listeners are familiar with, especially the younger ones. Some of them may have lived through it. So the 90s recession, we had double-digit inflation. So at the moment, we're lucky to get 1% to 2%. Back then, over 10%. Double-digit unemployment. At the moment, unemployment is 4 to 5%. Back then, it was 11 to 12%. A lot of middle management lost their positions. On top of that, we had in Victoria and in South Australia, our state banking system had a huge hit in South Australia. The State Bank of South Australia collapsed. So the new Bank SA is the old State Bank of South Australia. That is the profitable component of the State Bank of South Australia. So here, again, if we have the the um, so the eight capital cities and the seven time periods, so 12 times eight is 96. Sorry, I said 84 before, 96. So the vast majority, again, property prices increased, except in Sydney, they dropped in one year out of the seven. In Melbourne, remember, where their state bank system had a huge hit, dropped three out of the seven. Uh, Brisbane had property price increases every year. In Adelaide, two out of the seven were drops. Perth, two out of the seven were negative. Hobart, one was negative. Darwin, one was negative. Canberra was negative. So again, overwhelmingly, Dunstan, it shows property pri Australian residential property prices are quite resilient to these economic hits. Now, the 90s recession was pretty severe. That's why we have a few more negative periods compared to, say, the 1980s or the 1970s where there were no negative periods. Then we, we come to the global financial crisis, which didn't end up as a recession. And then the global financial crisis, uh, we see out of all the, the time periods, there was only one negative year in Sydney one negative year in Melbourne, two in Brisbane, two in Adelaide, one in Perth, two in Hobart, one in Darwin, two in Canberra. 
so nationally, when you put them all together, out of those uh, six years, there was only one year where there was a negative uh, return, where property prices fell. COVID-19, if we you know, fast track to now, we did see a dip in property prices for one quarter. Yeah, and, just one quarter. And as Capital City started to come out of lockdown, people went crazy. Now, I have been in property for a very long time. Not only do I lecture in property, but I also invest in property. And I personally hadn't experienced the frenzy. Now, I've now in Adelaide, uh, you know, we, we're seeing at the moment say thirteen percent increase, and we think, yeah. "Wow, that's phenomenal." But in two thousand and two and two thousand and three, we had two years where in each year property prices went up by twenty percent. But one of the reasons is because the '90s recession was so bad in South Australia that we had such a, a down period that when we come up out of that, we had a huge rebound. So yeah, it's like... So that, that's, that's what got the 20%. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, what did, they, what did that uh, Albert Einstein said? For every action, there is a reaction, right? Yep. So this time around, the recession was only for six months, not like... It was back in the 90s where it was quite severe, very high interest rates, very high unemployment. Um, but one of the reasons property prices is going crazy at the moment is the lack of supply. It's not that everyone's looking to buy. Even if there's the same amount of people looking to buy as there was two years ago, not as many people are selling. So there's more competition for the same property. Um, so... That's making it very hard for people to buy. And especially when it comes to a home, money is the not number one consideration. And some people will be willing to spend 5%, 10% more just to secure the property. And in some cases, that's a smart move because if you waited a year, especially in Adelaide, you'd be paying 13% more. So you would have been better off paying 10% more a year ago. That's what brings me to the next question, Peter. You know. Um, if you go to auctions these days, people are paying a hundred thousand above, you know, reserve. You know, people are going crazy. You know, the fear of missing out. People don't want to miss out on what is currently available. But I just, I'm not sure where this is going to end. So what, look, if, the, as has been shown, uh, Dunstan, in the in the previous economic downturns, generally property prices are not going to go backwards. So this is just the new norm. And one of the reasons we, we, uh, we can try and explain that is people's ego. If you overpaid for a property and paid, let's say, 700000 and you try and sell it in two years' time and you can't get 700000 you just won't sell it. So there won't be a, a, a price because there wasn't a sale. It just means that the price that you pay, that 700000 it might take a few years for you to get a price above that. So it, it's like many things, Dunstan. Building costs have gone up for labourers. Building costs for material have gone up. These are not going to go backwards. These, these are just the new norm. So, wait, you know, for festival buyers, for instance, I think this is a big challenge for them because they we now have to get on the market at this level, you know, 
Um, if this kind of frenzy wasn't going on, they could have gotten into the market in a very comfortable um, way. But today they have to get in the market competing with people, like you said, what, ego-driven? They're ready to spend the last dime, you know, just to buy that property. So that's not so good news for first-time buyers. No, look, first-time buyers had a great party last year when there was a lot of... <laughs> When there, was a lot of, uh, when there was a lot of free money splashed about. But sorry, but the party is over. So what's happening now is without that free money, investors are coming in. So you had the, usual, you had the players in the market before, people that are upgrading to a bigger home, people that are downsizing to a smaller home, right? You've got those sorts of people and the first-home buyers, but there are far less home buy, first-home buyers now and those first-time buyers are being replaced by investors. You've still got people upgrading and downsizing, but now we've also got investors. One of the reasons is they have a better opportunity to buy because they don't have first-time buyers to compete with. Interest rates are really low. So it's time to get in. So for investors, I know you're, you're an investor. You know, um, last year when the first-time buyer had a you know, Party time, you know, with all the free money from the twenty-five thousand grants and state grants and all that. I, I knew a lot of investors who decided to sit back, you know, because they weren't so sure if they should get in the mix at that time, you know. But if they had gotten in, probably it would have been better for them because right now they are buying higher than they should have bought at that time, you know. Yeah. So don't say, look, we're all geniuses in hindsight. Everyone was, <laughs> even I was worried. I mean, one of the reasons I've just, you know, spoken about what happened in previous recessions is because I was worried what was going to happen in the pandemic. And it wasn't until I'd done the research to work out in the three previous recessions in the GFC, there wasn't a problem. So if there wasn't a problem back then, why would there be a problem today when interest rates are so low, inflation is so low? So, um, yeah, a, a lot of us were hesitant to get into the market. Uh, and investors found it very difficult because there was, like I said, so much free money around. Uh, plus, we have the bank of mum and dad. They were helping their young ones get in. The investors don't have the advantage of the bank of mum and dad. Well, most investors don't. So it was very hard for investors to get in the market. But now that there are less first-time buyers in the market, investors are, are going in. Cool. Um, talk of money, you know, uh, money is the cheapest ever. Yep. You know, um, I, I know money is not always the only consideration when people are getting into the market, you know, but it's also a consideration. How long do you think this is going to go on for? You know, um, the government, I don't think they're ready to, you know, back down on the current levels um, because, you know, everybody is interested in pushing the economy back to, you know, normal or to a certain level where you can start running on its own, you know. So, but when is this all going to become normal, you know? I, I don't really know what's normal these days anymore. Well, so. Dunstan, I grew up in a period where normal was double-digit interest rates. You know, we were paying, we, we felt that we were lucky when we bought our first home because we were paying only 13.5% interest. When, whereas some of our friends who bought a few years later were paying 17%. And if you're buying commercial property, it's 20%. So for us, that was the normal. Whereas, I mean, yes, you know, 
a bank rate of 0.1% is not normal because it's it's not the norm. It's not typically where we are. Um, so, but I think, according to the governor of the Reserve Bank, I, I you know, he says it's going, it won't be increased for at least another two years. Another two years, yeah. Well, you know, he knows much more than me so far as that's concerned. So I'm happy to go with his take. But it doesn't mean the banks won't increase their interest rates that we borrow at, right? So the Reserve Bank might keep it at 0.1%. But already now, banks have started to lift their fixed-term interest rates. Yes, so, yes. you know, I'm not here to give advice, right? This is just, yes. don't forget that disclaimer at the beginning, Dunstan, and at the end, right? That financial yeah. financial oh. advice disclaimer. <laughs> but, you know, if you're looking to hold property for a while, you might want to consider fixing because that's exactly what I did with many of my loans last week. I said to the bank, I want to fix for two to three years because... I have never seen interest rates this low. And you know what? They still might be this low for two or three years, but they may not be. They can't go much lower, so they can only yeah, go exactly. one way. They can only yeah. go one way. So I'll take a piece of that cake. Thank you. It's good. It's good to take it as an investor. Yeah. 1% matters, you know. Mm. <laughs> now, you know, um, the borders are still closed. You know, uh, immigration has been... Zero, and um, we know that's not going to continue for a long time. Um, 2022, 2023, definitely the borders will start opening. More people start coming into Australia. I just feel this is going to add to the pressure, you know, on the market, you know. So yeah, prices will continue to go up. Well, it depends on which side of the fence you sit on, but I, I can see the next few years as a golden era in property. So we virtually had no new people come to Australia for the last 18 months and have yeah. a look at what happened to property prices and rents, right? Yeah, rents. Yeah. Rent is yeah. on the rise, you know? You imagine what's going to happen when hundreds of thousands of people start coming back to Australia to live, as well as the international students. All of these people need somewhere to live. So the, in the first instance, they're going to rent. International students, of course, are going to rent, but overseas migrants, they're generally not allowed to buy until they get permanent residency, so they're going to rent somewhere. So there's going to be a huge impact on the rental market when you have hundreds of thousands of people, extra people looking for rental properties. And then once they get their permanent residency, they're going to be looking to buy property. And it's like, like you know, we can we can, say, have an extra 200,000 people come into Australia in one year, right? But we can't build 200,000 houses, right? Because houses take a long time to build. First, you've got to find the land, you've got to develop the land, then you've got to build the house. So demand and supply affect price, right? But in property, demand has a much bigger impact because like we saw last year, the government announces the first homeowner grant. The next day, property market goes up. Government says we want an extra 100,000 houses. Well, nothing's going to happen the next day, nor the next week, nor the next month, because it's going to take time to bring that supply on. So I, I say it's a golden era for people that own property, because your property prices will go up, which is what you want to do if you're holding that asset. If you're yeah. an investor your rents will go up. 
Yes. Yeah. If if you're not in the market now, it's going to be harder for you. But that's the reality. We only need to look at more mature property markets around the world where, you know, the great Australian dream is still to buy, to own your own home. In many countries around the world, they forgot about that dream because property yep. prices are just too expensive. They don't even yep. worry about Here we still have the opportunity, but it's just going to continue to get harder, especially when the borders open. And that's what we're going to be facing in the, in the near future, and um, we just have to face it the way it is. And like I said, um, most Australian wealth is actually in property. You know, um, In other countries, you see people investing more in stock markets and all that. Well, the Australian property market is actually bigger than the stock market. It so, is. It is. Yep. Yeah. All right, Peter. Thank you so much for sharing this uh, your thoughts with us today. And um, we're looking forward to having you. Oh. Thank you very much, Dunstan. And uh, once again, it's a privilege to be on your first show and you wish you all the best with all your other shows. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too.